You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Good day, good day. This is Jess O'Reilly, your friendly neighborhood sexologist. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast, brought to you by Desire Resorts. You know I love them. They have a couple of properties in Mexico. They have a cruise leaving from Barcelona next month, which is actually sold out. No surprise. I'm excited to be setting sail with them, but be sure to check them out at Desire Resorts. Now, when I first started recording this podcast only about a year ago, I wasn't sure how it would develop in terms of the topics we cover. And obviously there are, you know, hundreds of sex and relationship related podcasts out there. And I'm not really a specialist or niche market sexologist. Like some of my colleagues, you know, we have sexologists who specialize in opening up your relationship, or we have sexologists who specialize in cannabis and marijuana. Uh, I'm more of a generalist, and, and my background, if you don't already know, is actually in teaching. I was a secondary school teacher, and I went into this field by accident because I saw the ways in which our sex and relationship education programming was failing youth. So my research, when I was researching really focused on how to support teachers and so that they could deliver effective sex and relationship ed so that students, young people, would have more support, better resources, increased confidence, and simply feel better about themselves so they could grow to have happier, healthier relationships. So that's where I started. And uh, now I primarily work with, with couples, you know, people who are looking to still like each other and still want each other 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 40 years into the relationship and into the future. So I don't have a, a, special, a specialty, I would say, um, like some of my colleagues. So what has happened as this podcast has continued to grow and evolve, I've started picking the topics we cover really based on what I hear from you, the listener. And those of you who interact on social media, thank you. I see you. Hey, yeah. And I receive a, a really a ton of questions. Sometimes I'll get over 100 a week. And not all of them can be addressed on this podcast. Some really require more uh, intensive interventions like therapy. Um, but I am trying to get you some answers. So today we're going to address more of the questions that I've received recently. And these have to do with sexual self-confidence and how to approach sex. So this was a popular theme in my inbox last week. So rather than inviting another clinician to join me, I thought I'd think outside the box a little and invite someone with more practical first-hand experience in this arena to weigh in on the topic of both confidence and skill in the bedroom. 
Tasha Rain, the princess of porn, who is one of the biggest names in the business. She is highly vocal about a number of causes and political issues online. She's the chairperson of the Adult Performer Advocacy Committee, wow, this is a mouthful, uh, which is trying to create more guidelines for what's access acceptable in an industry where sexual assault reports and adverse consequences, especially for their female stars, run rampant. And Tasha and I go way back to Edmonton in the winter a few years ago. So welcome, Tasha. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. And that was a fabulous introduction. So yeah, <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm at the airport on my way to Orlando, Florida. I'm going to go to Disney World this week and I'm just so excited. Awesome. Who has your pigs? You have a number of pet pigs, oh right? Oh my god, yeah. I've got two pot belly pigs and they are at a pet hotel in the San Fernando Valley. And they, they live a really nice life there. There's a pool, there's a pig friendly ice cream, they get extra brushes and pets at night. I mean they are living the best life. So okay, they're, they're I'm, pretty happy. I miss them. I miss them, but yeah. And how old are you how old are your pigs? They are about a year and a half, and they are 60 pounds per pig, and they're just like, oh my gosh, they are very lovable creatures, but they are very destructive, so like, <laughs> they have trashed, no joke, my entire condo, like just ruined it, like the furniture's messed up, everything's broken, like they're great, but you have to live in a way that's like meant for them, and I feel like I'm not organized enough to do so, so I just like kind of let them go haywire, it's crazy. Oh my Oh my Living goodness. in a okay. crazy world. You're, you're a pig mama. I have some, I think I have some friends who have actually babysat or pig sat at one point, oh but we'll God. talk about that another time. So you're yeah. off to Orlando. Tell, tell us what you're up to in your career right now. Well, that's a really great question. I actually just got fired from my, what was my main job? And I'm okay with saying that. Um, but I now am an independent contractor again. And so I am freelance, just working on myself, doing my own things. I recently was elected as chairperson for the Performer Advocacy Committee, and I'm really excited about that because I feel like there's a lot of growth and evolution that's just about to happen, and especially with like the Me Too movement, the Time's Up movement, there's just so much happening. Um, but career-wise, I just, my new showcase for Elegant Angel came out this week. It's called uh, Tasha Loves Girls, and I'm really excited about it. Showcases are a huge honor in the business to have every single scene star you is a really big deal, and I love it because it's all girls. So, yeah, I'm really I'm stoked for all my reindeer to get to see that. Awesome. Now, when you film a, a video like that, is it like a 90-minute video or something like that? Um, that's a great question. It, it depends on the video. It has, this one has four scenes, each one running about 25 minutes. So whatever that math is about yeah, that. So yeah. almost, <laughs> almost two hours. How long does it take to shoot two hours of footage in the porn business? Oh, quite a bit of time. Um, I mean, if everything... Um, I would say <laughs> you get into my hair and makeup at 8 a.m., you might be done with both of the female talent because both of us need makeup and potentially they're using, sometimes they use a, a two makeup artists at the same time. So say we're out by like, you know, 10 a.m. of makeup, pretty girl pictures by 12. I mean, it could go to like a 5 p.m. So like 8 to 5 is like a really short, like good scene 
day. Okay. So I was just thinking about all that sex and the meal breaks. That was my thought. I'm like, do you oh at least God. stop for snack? So yeah, the food thing is actually a weird topic. I feel like there's not a huge demand on set for food, although it depends on what company you're working for. Yes, you always, always have um, the option to break for food. Always the crew eats for sure, but a lot of models in general don't like to eat on set, but that has something to do with like, you know, you're not just taking photos, let alone video. You know, you're being intimate with somebody and so you don't want to really be eating while you are doing that act. It's kind of, um, I don't know, I wouldn't do that. I understand if you like are, are hooking up with a boyfriend, it's different, but like a stranger, you want to just be like fresh and clean. Maybe you've eaten like before you got to set and you can just do maybe your A scene or your, you know, other type of scene um, <laughs> without having without having a bunch of food in you, if that makes sense. So yeah, okay, I mean, I definitely eat, but it's not, it's, it's sparse and I'm a vegan too, so I'm very picky. I thought you were vegan, and if, if anybody's ever worked in TV or movies, you know that craft services is not providing great vegan food. Maybe a couple of celery sticks, but that's not well, going to Well, yeah, usually they'll just say, what do you want to eat, and we'll order it, is what I'm, okay. I'm used to. Or I'll be like, I'd like to order from this vegan kitchen, and like tell them, you know. So, I mean, not, not every time, but usually they'll accommodate you when it comes to, like, you know, your food desire. But like I said, I don't eat right. that much food. So, so moving away from food and on to sex, you know, before we get into the, the real topic we're getting, we're, we're focusing on today, uh, because so many of our listeners are entrepreneurs, folks in marketing and business who are kind of interested in the industry itself. Can you tell us just in a really short nutshell, what was your path to working in, in this field? How did you get here? How did you discover it or how did they that's discover a, you? That's a really relevant question because um, everybody has such a unique story when it comes to how they either picked their career or fell into their career. And mine was definitely, um, well, I guess it was a few different factors and it's actually quite controversial and I don't really, I don't usually um, go into a ton of detail but basically um when I was in high school I always wanted to um model so when I got up to LA it was something that was more attainable because I was from Orange County and Laguna Beach which is a pretty conservative neighborhood and um, my first job was on a show called Laguna Beach which was an MTV television show and so I got like a little taste of what that was like and in front of the camera and so from there when I moved to LA I started to go to uh, school and so that became my priority was you know booking jobs on the side and um, I wasn't super honest with my parents about like what I was up to while they were you know paying for me to go to college but um, I started dancing at a club called Silver Rain and it's where I uh, stole my stage name from and <laughs> from there I just kind of would ask around about like different like ways to get into the Playboy Mansion because I was living right next door since I was going to UCLA at the time and so then I was able to kind of push my way in there and get myself in front of different photographers and okay establish a name a little bit for myself and then I was like okay well this isn't good enough I'm not working enough it's not lucrative enough like you know I wanted a certain pathway and it wasn't it just wasn't going 
as quickly as I wanted. And so I basically researched different agencies and I found that um, one particular one represented a couple of big name models. And so I just walked in there with my photos and I was like, here are my pictures. I'd like to work in the movies. Is that possible? And they're like, yeah, I think you're going to do really well. So that's what happened. <laughs> There's a okay. lot more um, nuanced detail in between, but that's a, a good summary. Fair enough. And your, your, your mom is really supportive of your work now. Is that correct? Well, my mom's supportive of me and she understands that, um, I'm doing what I want to do and that she can't control it. I don't think she, like if you asked her what she would have wanted me to do or be, she would definitely, I've actually, I have asked her for an interview one time for um, UCLA, my, old, my alma mater asked her that and she said, oh, maybe, you know, law school or to be a doctor like most parents and so, you know, that's fine, that's reasonable. <laughs> um, so she's not super like stoked on my uh, position, but she also doesn't, shame me anymore for it which is nice so she did at first because she comes from like a really uh, catholic religious background and although she didn't raise me like that i feel like those things are still ingrained in her and so it's not even mm -hmm. all the thing the way that she thinks um and the things that she's said I've, I've forgiven her and so now we have a really close relationship and she like loves visiting me and she realizes that what i do doesn't mean that's all I am, and yeah, I mean, she doesn't love my pigs, but she loves my dog, so it's, <laughs> it's great. I love my mom. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I see your posts about here. All right, yeah. so let's talk about sexual confidence. Do you consider yourself sexually confident? Fuck yes. <laughs> awesome. Now, as a performer, I sometimes mm -hmm. wonder, and this is based on my own experience, although I'm not a performer, I work in the field. Um, yeah. Is it difficult to reconcile the confidence you have as a performer having sex on camera with the confidence you feel when you're with an intimate partner off camera? I, I guess I have this notion that the confidence from your work doesn't always translate into your personal sex life. That's my experience. But what is your experience? Has working in porn increased your sexual confidence? working in the adult industry in general has increased my sexual confidence in a way that I, that's like one thing that I wish I could give to everybody because as you know, um, <laughs> there are things that come with the work and it's not always positive, a lot of stigma, a lot of um, discrimination, but the one really positive thing that I can think of is my sense of confidence. It was already, it was already there. My mom had really actually raised me with a lot of confidence, a lot of sexual confidence um, about my body and a lot of um, positivity around just like the way that I look and how I can present myself. But then when I got into adult movies, I actually realized that I had become a little bit too like, passive, a little too, sub I don't know how to explain it, but I always let, you know, the guy kind of like lead all the time and I just I, I felt insecure and now I feel like in regards to yeah sexuality it's like it has completely changed my life I definitely feel like um, it, it overlaps into my personal experience which is great so it's not just on film awesome and so I think maybe before it was and now it's just not like that <laughs> So I, I think of myself, who talks about sex all the time, maybe spends too much time analyzing it, but someone like me or <laughs> any of our listeners, if they want to feel more confident in the bedroom, like, do you have any specific tips or hacks they can try, we can try, I can try to feel more confident in the bedroom? 
Well, one thing, <laughs> this is like kind of crazy, but I always like tell women that ask me this question that are, I mean, heterosexual or um, homosexual, it doesn't matter. Uh, your partner is just so excited to just be there with you. Like when I, cause I mostly hook up with men. So I always think like men don't care about all the things that we care about. They're just like so yes. incredibly grateful that you're just there and everything that you like, all the bad things you tell yourself and like all the, the bad self-talk and the negativity, like none of that is even relevant to the situation at hand. Like he is just so excited to see you and to be there with you. And, and it's just, um, it's not, I just, I feel like people are just so critical about themselves and I just feel like it's so unnecessary in so many ways. And so, um, just knowing that your partner is just stoked to have you there is one big thing. Another thing is for me, I'm not going to lie. I'm most confident when I'm like, um, feeling like my best shape. Like, so if I have been working out, if I've been taking care of myself, whatever that means to you, like getting facials, getting massages, spending alone time, like all of that is just such a huge part of like self care is such a huge part of confidence. So that's a, that's a really big factor for me. And, um, no, that's also, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. And um, also just doing things that you enjoy during that time. So hopefully you found things during sex that you actually enjoy. I know a lot of people actually just go through motions with it just to kind of get it over with. So if you can find something that gets you off, I think that that makes the whole experience an entirely different one, confidence-wise. Well, that's a huge thing. We know that our inhibitions drop. We know that our self-consciousness subsides once we get aroused, right? Like once the oxytocin, the adrenaline is rushing right. through our body. So if you're turned on, you're less self-conscious. Con um, if you're turned yeah. on, you're more self-confident. So what about oh. watching yourself? I was thinking about your work, right? I was thinking about like you've seen yourself do this. You see how hot you look. Do you think that like the average person who maybe isn't going to film themselves, do you think that putting a mirror up and getting excited by themselves, getting excited by what they see oh. is kind of like a glimpse into the world of porn without actually moving into it? Do you think that would help with confidence? I don't know if that would be um, for everybody. I think certain people absolutely like exhibitionists or yes. even people okay. that were maybe oh, already had a certain amount of self-confidence and maybe like their aesthetic appeal. I don't, I think it's very particular to the individual. And I only say that, I feel like I wouldn't say that before, but just last weekend I was out with a family member and they were talking about how their designer in their house was trying to put a mirror in their bathroom, um, in their shower, in their area where like they, you know, get ready and then go to the bedroom. And she was just so adamant about not having that happen because she didn't want to see like the way that she looked because she didn't feel comfortable or confident with that. And I feel like, and she was passionate about that. So I'm like, okay, well that may, that might not help. A lot of people actually would prefer to have like a darkly lit room with some candlelight, you know? Right. So I think first step number one, is just getting to the point where you are confident with the way that you look so that when you see yourself in the mirror, that you are proud and happy. But um, I think for some people, actually, for some people, it could be um, an increase in their confidence if they have confidence to begin with a little bit. Absolutely. Right. You have to like your body, right? Yeah. Like, I guess I'm projecting because I'll tell you, and I don't know if you can say this, <laughs> but I, I love my body. Like I yeah. love, I feel like this is the encasement that carries me through life and I have no time 
to waste on not loving it. Even though like I haven't really worked out this year because I've been on the road, even though I'm eating in restaurants most nights and not eating the healthiest, I still love this body. And yeah. I wish that like we could get comfortable saying that. Do you love your body? Oh yeah. Oh my, I'm obsessed with myself. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that I'm, I'm so conscious of it that I kind of am having like this I don't know, not a midlife crisis, but something where I'm constantly battling like the desire to have approval because of my like the way that I look and how confident I am and like all that and then versus like mother real the self and like true person I am. And so I really I feel like I need to actually pull back a little bit because yes, I am. And so so I do love my body so much. <laughs> that's crazy. awesome. And it is a part of you. Like I think it's interesting in it's our a culture huge that part. we like we prioritize and we create this hierarchy where like, oh, if you're really, really smart, we value yeah. you. But if you're really, really beautiful, it's yeah. just superficial. But those are both yeah. just things you're born with, right? Like yeah. you're born with your brain. You have, because people, you know, will talk to me about being intelligent and they like that I'm intelligent, but that's just something I was kind of born with. I'm not saying yeah. I don't cultivate it and I don't work, although I think I'm regressing as I get older. <laughs> but anyhow, um, yeah. I know you have to go catch a flight. So I want to ask you one other question. Because I received a few questions from listeners who oh. want to know, they want to know what good foreplay looks like. So obviously, every woman is different. But would you be willing to describe like what you like in terms of foreplay or what you would recommend? And uh, of course, with three and a half billion women and, or people, seven billion people out there, everybody's different. But let's get your perspective. Oh, absolutely. I feel like, <laughs> I, okay, so I do a lot of fraternity talks at college campuses and this is a question that comes up a lot and I always tell them that the number one thing is communication and consent like remember that the most important part is communicating what you want and what you do not want and being vocal about that so I feel like that's such an important role in sexuality and foreplay and nobody really talks about it um communication talking to your partner just like telling them what you like. I like when people go down on me, so I make sure that that is known. And if they don't like to do that, then I am literally not interested in the actual intercourse part. So that's huge. Um, okay. A lot of, like a lot of chemistry, uh, talking, the conversation beforehand, I always have much better sex when I actually like, know my partner. And I know that sounds kind of like, what do you mean if you know them? Well, hooking up with somebody online off of an app isn't exactly intimate, you know, like having that communication or that um, pre-existing relationship is just so pivotal in Fort Worth. And I also definitely think setting the mood and feeling confident about the way that you look, whatever that means to you, makeup, hair, lingerie, all of that, for me, just gives me um, another level of foreplay too, because I know my partner is really into it and I'm also really into that. So all of those things. Okay, great. So going down, feeling self-confident, feeling sexy. And the conversation before, yeah, the conversation before is so important and we don't talk about it. So what, what should somebody say? Like, I'm not giving a formula to pick you up, obviously. <gasps> yeah. But like, what is it you want to hear? I want because to people want to hear examples, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I want to be asked like exactly what I like. What do you uh, like? What are the things okay. that are my turn-ons? That I is like... Be like all of those details are so important in communication and foreplay. And I feel like the best sex I've ever had has to do with those moments before. 
that's 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 awesome you sum it up perfectly the ultimate dirty talk line the ultimate foreplay the ultimate is simply hey what are you into what do you like that, that i think that applies to so many of us obviously nothing universal but that's really really helpful now tasha i know you're at the airport we can hear that you're being called so we will let you go with with thank many you. many thanks for taking the time yeah thank, thank you so you much where can people me. find you Oh, please follow my Twitter at Tasha Rain and my Instagram at Tasha Rain's Life. <laughs> okay, awesome. And we'll make sure to tweet and uh, send those out as well. Thank you again and have a safe flight. Bye, Dr. Jess. Have a good one. Bye-bye. I always think it's, it's interesting to chat with people in my field who have a totally different experience and perspective of the adult industry than I do. And obviously Tasha's experience is so different than mine because the outcome, even though we do different work, the outcome for her is different. Her working in sex has actually been great for her sexual self-esteem. And for me, I'd say I've had a different experience. And uh, well, partly I think it's a personality thing where there's a little bit of paralysis by analysis. It's something I struggle with. Uh, and granted, our jobs are really different, Tasha and mine, but I know that in contrast to her experience, I feel a lot more pressure now since I started working in this field. And pressure, of course, as I've said before, is the antithesis of pleasure. So I really have to work to let go of all that pressure when, when I'm with Brandon, when I'm with my partner. And it's not that he puts pressure on me, but I find that it's a challenge not to personalize all the data I'm consuming, all the stories, all the anecdotes I collect, all the lessons I encounter on a daily basis. And there are, you know, therapeutic approaches to ensure that you don't personalize these experiences. But this is the thing. If I do, my confidence will plummet. I can't possibly hold myself up to an impossible standard of doing everything and knowing everything and using everything I know. And if I do, I become a spectator of my sex instead of a consumer of it. So yeah, it's interesting for me just to hear that Tasha feels so great because of her work in this field. And I need some of that to rub off on me. So hopefully there's some contagion effect there. So before we go, um, I wanted to add a few tips of my own, ones that have worked for me, ones that I work on to boost your confidence in bed, um, in addition to what Tasha has already sagely offered. So the first, and this is really important for me and for a lot of the clients I work with, and the research supports it as well, if you want more confidence in bed, you need to ask for positive feedback from your partner. We have all been taught to give but many of us have forgotten how to receive sexual pleasure. And I've, I've mentioned this before, I think, that we've shifted to a performative culture of sex as opposed to an experiential one. And in this shift, we've forgotten how to graciously receive. And part of that gracious receipt of pleasure, which you deserve, also involves showing thanks and praise to your partners when they give it to you. So... Sometimes you need to remind your partner that you need positive reinforcement because they may have forgotten. <laughs> and whether it's a simple, 
hey, you know, do you like that? So you can get a response, yeah, you're so good. Or maybe it's reminding them not to hold their breath or to muffle their sounds. Whatever you do, whether if you're if you're the one receiving pleasure, give your partner lots of feedback because when you give a compliment, both the giver and receiver experience a boost in self-esteem, which is very interesting. And if you are giving pleasure, and I'm not saying it's you know that clear cut, sometimes I'm in a giving role and sometimes I'm in a taking role, but you need to ask for it too. So you deserve it, um, ask for it. And I always think, especially during oral sex, I always think, you know, you're down there, you're doing this thing, you're getting yourself worked up, you're doing your best, maybe you've like learned some moves and they're dead silent, like holding their breath. And you're like, well, what are they thinking about? It's tax season here in Canada right now. Are they thinking about their taxes? I mean, so let it out. Give feedback, ask for feedback, and you deserve to ask for it. And it's not um, about being needy or having your ego stroked in a negative way. We all require positive feedback. I was reading this research suggesting that millennials, for example, are far more responsive in the workplace to compliments than to cash rewards because it's a chemical feedback you received in, receive in your body when somebody says something nice. So yeah, you want more confidence, ask for the good feedback. And another tip I'm thinking about, if you want to be more confident in bed, really relates to what Tasha was saying. You've got to love your body. Yes, I love my body. And I know it doesn't happen overnight, but I'd love if every single one of my listeners could say it, feel it, admit it, I love my body. And I could go on about this one, but you know, I think I'm I'm going to do a podcast on how to love your body in the next week or or two because it's so important. And I know a lot of the other podcasts cover this topic and they cover it well. But I want to talk about how loving your body really makes sex better and how it changes your life and the costs of not loving your body when it comes to sex. So I'll offer more on that in the next couple of weeks. But for now, if you could just say the words out loud. And if you're on a bus or someplace public and you don't want the attention, if you can just say it in your head, like I would love you just everybody on three, one, two, three, to say, I love my body. And I, th- I think that's a start. So asking for positive feedback, learning to like or and love your body will certainly boost your sexual confidence. But so will having a sense of humor <laughs> and just accepting that sex isn't that serious. It can be messy, it can sound weird, and it doesn't always go perfectly. And it's actually no big deal if you or your partner don't have an orgasm, if you finish too quickly, if your body doesn't cooperate, if it sounds like it happens, if you make a funny sound, if you do something your partner doesn't love, if you I don't know, change your mind and don't want to do it. If you get distracted, if you have to stop in the middle of the act for a physical reason, all of these things are actually not a huge deal. Relationships, sex lives have survived far worse. So if it's fear or anxiety that's holding you back and ruining your sexual confidence, Let's get those fears into check. They are probably blown out of proportion. And they're ultimately a form of a, you know, a cognitive distortion 
meaning that you're thinking in a way that isn't particularly realistic. So you've got to go easy on yourself. Like the worst case scenario, if you come too quickly or if you don't come at all or if you lose an erection or if, I don't know, your, your partner says that it, it doesn't feel right or what, like what's the worst case scenario? It is not the last time in your life that you're going to have sex. You can do it all again. I always compare it to like ruining a meal. If you burn a meal, if you overcook the meat, if you, I don't know, if the pasta isn't al dente, you don't give up on cooking altogether. You just make adjustments. So, um, you know, I think we need to take it easy. And, you know, remember that sex isn't something you're, you're good at naturally. It's a skill you have to develop. So if reading a book or taking a course or Googling even a technique will help you to be better. I mean, I guess I should plug my courses there. I have some technique courses you can easily take on my website. Um, and it doesn't have to be through me. It can be free through Google. If it helps you to better understand how to do something, embrace it. We all have something to learn. And great lovers are, are made, not born. So, you know, I, I guess the, I'll close with, you know, if you're still listening to me, still, <laughs> thanks, know that I have confidence in you. I know you can be great and bad. I know you can improve your relationship. I know you can make changes that make your life more fulfilling and happier and more full. Um, so, so go get them. And uh, I'll do my best too because I'm not saying that confidence is always super easy for me even though I like myself and I, I love my body, you know, sometimes in the heat of the moment, we feel too much pressure. So I've got you. I believe in you. Go get them. Now I've got to run. So please keep those questions coming. I like the direction this is taking because when you send me your questions, it gives me an idea of what people are actually thinking about, worrying about, um, wanting to learn about out there. So send them my way and please subscribe and share this podcast if it has helped you in any way. I really appreciate your support. I'm really lucky to have the network of supporters I have in such a, you know, edgy and uh, sometimes controversial field. So thank you to you. Thank you to Desire Resorts. Again, please check them out. Follow along at Desire Resorts. I am at Sex with Dr. Jess. Folks, have a great one and I'll be back again next week. Friday morning, as always. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. Improve your life.